Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. My name is Mark Harris. I am the Enterprise Doctor. I do advice and support for small businesses. And the other thing I do is these podcasts. And I'm delighted that my guest today is Emma Griffin of Emma Griffin Writes. How are you, Emma? I'm very well, thank you. It's very nice to be here um, talking to you from my living room. Lovely, yes. Yeah. Social distancing and, and Zoom added together. Very important. For sure, for sure. Emma Griffin writes with a W, of course. Emma Griffin writes is the name of the company. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to add two and two and say that's because you write things. Uh, I believe you are a copywriter. So how did you get into that? And forgive me for asking what might seem to you like a, a naive question. Hopefully it doesn't seem to the listeners. What does a copywriter actually do? It's not a, an unfair question at all, and it's actually something that I get asked a lot of the time. I normally get two different scenarios when I tell people that I'm a copywriter. And the first one is that people say, oh, so you do legal stuff, um, because they think that I do copyright, which is something I have absolutely ah. no experience of whatsoever, <laughs> and I definitely don't know anything about. And the second is a bit, of a, it's a bit of a blank stare and a kind of like, oh, cool, and then move on to the next bit of the conversation. Um, so in a nutshell, a copywriter is it's a strategist who can write really really well so a copywriter might work on a lot of different forms of written work so it might be website copywriting it might be advertising copywriting it might be literally the person who comes up with that three word phrase that you associate with one of the biggest brands that's a tagline copywriter it might even be a video copywriter but what all of those areas have in common is that in order for the copy or the words that this person is writing writing to be effective, they need to compel and persuade the reader or the audience to do something. So it's less about wordsmithery and it's more about really using strategic storytelling to create action in the audience. I bet that the listeners already think you're good with words. (laughs) That was beautifully said. So when you were at school, did you dream Mm. of being a copywriter? How did it happen? I, when I was at school, I had absolutely no idea what a copywriter was. So I very much relate to everyone else not knowing what, what a copywriter does. Um, I'd never heard of it. I was really good with words at school. I was good at English. That was my favorite subject. But when I was at school, um, if you were good with words, really, there were two sort of career paths that seemed like obvious options. So the first one was you became an author. But at 16, that's quite a lofty ambition. And even as a 16-year-old who didn't know too much about the way the world worked, I realized that wasn't necessarily going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second was a journalist, which again, for a 16-year-old who um, probably couldn't even tell you who the Chancellor of the Exchequer was, was also not like the most obvious option. Yeah. So. I took a really disjointed route into copywriting and it's only now that it's all starting to add up as actually quite logical steps. So I was always really interested in human behavior. Um, So I did a psychology degree at university, but then realized I didn't want to pursue that any further. And the writing thing just kept coming back. It kept coming back to me. So I retrained as a journalist and my very first job wasn't actually a journalism job at all. It turned out that it it was a copywriting job for a startup company. And to be honest, I think from the interview to my first day, um, 
I still didn't really know what a copywriter did until I turned up and I just learned. And I, and so to explain to you what that job was, I was, I was writing product descriptions. I was writing um, email newsletters to their subscriber base. I was writing blog posts and I was writing social media content, um, which at the time was barely even a thing back then. But it all, it all makes sense, even from the psychology background, because ultimately what I'm doing every day is I am writing based on the principles of human behavior and consumer behavior to make sure that whatever service or product I'm talking about is appealing to that particular audience. Okay. And, and when, whenever people write words in a blog, in a, a newsletter, an email, whatever it is, of course, on a website too, they're trying to get some messages across, but they are not necessarily, I think the word you used was a wordsmith, which is one of my mm. favorite words. And therefore, if they, in presumably in some kind of conversation with you, get across the messages they, they want to transmit, the calls to action that they want as an outcome of somebody reading these words, you then write the clever words that achieve those objectives. I do, or I certainly try to. And um, a massive, massive part of the process actually isn't in the writing. It's in the research beforehand. So, for example, at the moment, I'm writing a lot of websites for service-based businesses because obviously COVID-19 has completely shifted all of our business online. And everyone has suddenly thought, oh, my God, my website is terrible. I've not looked at it in three years. And I've been completely relying on networking to, to get my clients. And so I've had a lot of people come to me and say, right, I need my website copy done. And the first thing I do with them is I send them this huge, great branding questionnaire and we then talk through their answers on the phone. And it's much less about their business and much more about their clients and specifically what their clients are coming to them for because that is the crux of copywriting. It's speaking to their client. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've heard that you should use the word you a lot more than the word all the time. we. Yeah, because it's all Completely. about the client. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And... I, I was I was going to ask you how your business has changed given the virus, but I love it when people answer my question just before I ask it. So that's that's okay. And clearly there has been a change. Are you prepared to predict anything for when lockdown ends? Do you think that, that people are going to go back much more to the networking and then just forget about their websites and stuff? Or do you think they've learned the lesson now that they need to pay more attention to those kinds of things? I don't think it's so much learning a lesson. I think ultimately the way we've been forced to work and very, very quickly change the way that we're communicating with clients is going to have a lasting impact. So I think a lot of the website copywriting is going to continue. But then I think off the back of that, people are just going to be much more aware of the importance of having that that specific and dedicated what I call tone of voice throughout all of their messaging and they'll be much more switched on to making sure that that's consistent. So whether that's in their emails, whether it's on their website, whether it's even on an Instagram caption, it's so important that that sounds like it's coming from one person and it's not disjointed. Interesting. I, I know lots of people write their own copy mm. and their job is not copywriter. Their job is plumber or web designer or accountant, you know, whatever their job is. But for some reason, they think they're good at writing copy as well. So presumably the 
benefit of using somebody like you who's that, that it's their job is their specialism is to write those words get those messages across do exactly what you just said about a consistent tone through emails to blogs to website whatever else it may be so presumably the benefit is of using somebody to do a good job of that instead of me doing it myself is the outcomes it's that there's more of whatever it is that's trying to be achieved more engagement with the website more client more prospects picking up the phone to say can we talk yeah i mean to be honest the end result for pretty much any client is that they want people to invest in them the thing I say to people really is when one of the hardest parts sometimes of my job is convincing people that, yeah, they do need a dedicated copywriter because the thing is with copywriting, it's not a job like web design or web developers where most of us can accept we don't have a clue how to code a website. So we'll hand over our money to someone and say, please take this off my hand and show me how to do it. Everyone can write. But that doesn't mean that one, we're a good writer, but two, um, even more importantly, just because you're a good writer. So for example, the most fantastic author could come and do your website for you, but it doesn't mean that the copywriting would be any good. Copywriting needs to rely on so many different tenets of um, persuasion, storytelling, strategy, and all of the other wordy bits to actually convert someone into a paying client. And do you tend to, are you able to measure the effectiveness of what you do? So if, for example, I, mm. I, the outcome I want is people look at a page on my website with a special offer. I want them to go to that yeah. page. So it might be that I, with my rubbish copywriting skills, do some stuff and I get 10 clicks a day. And mm. then you, with your brilliant copywriting skills, write some different things and it goes yeah. up to 20, 50, 100 clicks a day. Yeah, you can measure it. There's loads of different ways depending on the source and also depending on how well someone knows their kind of their website analytics. But for example, a really good clue that your website copy isn't working is if there's a really high bounce rate off quite a key page on your website. So people are coming on, for example, your services, people have clearly clicked through from your homepage. They might have found you on Google and they're intrigued. They want to know what you do and they're, they're thinking about parting with some money, but they don't do it. They get to your services pages and all of a sudden they've dropped off. So that then to me indicates that there is an issue there. And by digging deeper, um, a lot of the time, and this is also a tip for anyone who, who might be looking to DIY a bit of their copy. Um, if, you are, if you're trying to sell your services, the mistake most people make is they sell the service. They talk only about the service, what the nitty gritty of it is. They don't ever anywhere in that copy or that sales page talk about the benefits of investing in that service. And really, if we all think about it as a consumer, when we're looking for something, we're not, we don't really know what we want. We just know what we need at the end of it. So that is really, really crucial on yes. your services pages to get that across. Yes, it's, I think the posh phrase is it's about benefits, not features. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. It's all well and good to have a go faster stripe, but what's the benefit of that? Yeah, so, why do they want it? Okay, I am happy now that the benefit of good copy is that, that I will achieve my preferred outcomes from that copy, whatever those preferred outcomes are. So... 
I'm still me being me. I'm really happy to spend money on a professional like you if I need to, but I'm mm. probably going to give it a go myself. So clearly, if people want to engage with you and use your services, then you know all your contact or just even talk to you about using services. All your contact details are in the the notes with the podcast on on people's device on which they're listening to this right now. But if they say you know what, I'm just going to try and write mm. better copy myself. What what sort of tips would you give somebody? What What is it that makes better copy? What can they do themselves? So there are quite a few things that you can take a look at. The first thing is what I just said, really looking at your services pages and really going quite deep into that. So be really objective about the way you are describing what you do because most of us, if especially if we're a service-based business, we really know our stuff and we've worked in that field for a really long time. But what that means is we are probably using quite a lot of industry jargon that doesn't necessarily make any sense to the average Joe and the average Joe is our client so there's no point in trying to be fancy about it because they won't know what it means so first of all look at your services and really ask yourself okay if I knew nothing about marketing for example would I look at this and if someone told me that they were going to a b test my emails would, would, would I know what that meant so that's the first thing. Get rid of the jargon. Like we said, make sure that you are selling your services as benefits and solution based rather than what they actually are, the process. And then moving on from that, another really common mistake I see, and you touched on it earlier when you said, um, I've heard about websites, they should use the word you more than the word I or we. That's completely yeah. true. Your website needs to have your customer as the, the center point of it. So you don't want to be talking to a load of potential random people who might want to buy your service. You as that business owner need to know who you're talking to. And one of the key ways we can all weave that through our copy is to speak like our ideal clients. And we've got direct access to that language in absolutely everything that we're doing with our clients. So your emails, when people are approaching you, what are they saying in that initial email that they need help with? That's one massive, massive bit of information that you need to use across your website because That's it's their main problem. You've got that. You've got it in your emails. You've got it on your discovery calls. All those notes you've jotted down, it doesn't matter whether they've then invested in you or not. You've got all of this information from these warm leads and this captive audience of what they want from you and what their worries and their problems are. So in your website copy, reiterate it back to them. For example, um, if you're, I don't know, if you're a brand photographer, people aren't necessarily coming to you per se for some brand photography. What they need when they're looking for a brand photographer is they might be thinking, oh, I'm using loads of um, stock images from Shutterstock and places like that all over my website and my social channels. And it's, it's being a barrier to building actual trust with my clients because they're not really seeing my face. So they don't necessarily need a brand photo shoot. They need a way to confidently show up online and engage their clients more through trust. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It makes immense sense. And I think that there's a, a technique known as mirroring. 
So mirroring that same language back to the clients, I, yeah. I completely get. And it's interesting how if you just asked me to say that, I wouldn't have done. But now that you say it, I, I, it's I really get important. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But knowing something and proactively doing it are two different things. So Yeah, and that's the thing. We all know a lot of these things, but... Um, that's why sometimes it's better to hire a professional because I'm doing these things every single day. Whereas I like, you know, I know a few bits about how to design something, um, but I'm then not employing all of those things that I know every time it's laborious and I'm going to forget bits. There are some people I talk to who sell a product or service and sort of the start point is five grand or 10 grand or what, you know, uh, it's a big number. So Mm. to, for a customer to engage with them, they've got to really, really, trust they've got to go big time with you if somebody hasn't used a copywriter before they've they're interested by the things you're saying you're saying all the right kind of stuff you clearly have a way with words so that's a a definite plus Um, i'm feeling very much in the shade today can they sort of dip their toe in the water with you can you do a blog for them and that's it can Mm. you design or not design but write the words for a flyer does it have to be a big hole i'm going to look at your entire marketing not at all no it's especially now that i work with small businesses i am incredibly conscious that we've all got a budget and our budget is not necessarily huge so i I actually offer I offer something called the Copy Clinic, which is a power hour um, where we basically will have a Zoom call or in previous times we would have maybe met up in a coffee shop and they would have had one or two specific pages in mind, maybe of their website. They might have had an email that they were about to send. Maybe it's even sort of their captions on Instagram, on social media. And we would run through that and I would give them some really quick wins in terms of how they can change that. And that is under a hundred pounds. So, I mean, that's, that's a bargain. If you ask me, you're going to get great results and I'm even going to write a little bit of it for you. Um, And I also, no, I mean, I work on so many different projects with different businesses. So I have some where I just advise on their content strategy and write the old blog post for them. I've got others where I actually ghostwrite their email messaging. I do loads of different things really. I tend to write my own stuff because I'm pretty comfortable. I'm not as good as you, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But the page that I always struggle with most is, is the about us page. And it's, it's, it's about us. The company is what we do. But then I find myself drifting into about me. And this is the school I went to and who cares what school I went to. With that page in particular, which I think is probably fairly key because it's really taking somebody on the journey of why they would want to give me mm-hmm. their money, which is what it all boils down to for, for any business with a website. How, how should I approach the about us or about me page? Yeah. It's a really horrible page. And actually, I genuinely considered outsourcing someone. Really? I I genuinely, I genuinely was so stuck writing my own one. So I think that goes to show it's pretty tricky. Um, And they're so difficult for a lot of reasons, but mainly because they are really personal. And it feels really quite exposing to put that out there as the face of your business. Mm. And like you say, you don't know how much of one thing to put and what to leave out, whether it's relevant to say what you like to do in your, in your free time, whether it's relevant to just list all of your qualifications. It's a really tricky balance. And so I would say to anyone who is struggling with that, 
first of all, I really relate. Um, but secondly, um, one, I have a blog post that covers this. I've actually got a sort of a six step formula that I now use. I've used on my um, own and I use on other people's and you can go and have a look at that and steal it. You're welcome. Wow. Um, okay. but you send, me, yeah. send me a link to that and I'll put it in the podcast notes so that people I will can do, do that. I will send you that. Um, but secondly, if you can't be bothered to go and look at that, which is fair enough, there's a few quick wins you can do here. So first of all, like we were saying earlier, it's not about you, actually. It's about your customer again spoiler alert it's all about them um, but there are some very clever ways that you can then start to weave in the relevant bits about you as you are taking them on that journey and they're getting quite excited about potentially working with you so first of all you need to show them that you understand what the issue is and then you can I mean you can be really blatant about it you can actually then turn the conversation back to you by saying that's where I come in or something like that it's so obvious but if you go and look at loads of companies websites especially like solo entrepreneurs and their their websites you'll see they've all done it so there's a little bit about the client at the top and then there's, and that's where I come in and then you can start talking about yourself but just make sure it's really relevant so only give them the experience that's actually going to directly impact that client and then leave out the rest yeah. And also a lot of people, um, especially if, I mean, for coaches, people like that, it's really, really relevant to obviously then show not only do you understand what the, uh, the client's problems are, but that you've been there yourself. And that is when the storytelling really yes. comes to life. And y you are, yeah, you're showing them at each point that not only do you understand their problems, but you've been there and this is the solution. I don't know what listeners are going to do when they finish listening to this, but when we finish recording this, I'm going to go away and number one, read that blog if you send me the link, and number two, have a really good look at my mm. About Me page or About Us page on my website and uh, see how I can improve it. Emma, this has been really, really useful and interesting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, it has for me and I hope it has for our, our listeners too. If listeners want to get in touch with you, I'll be putting links to your website, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, and of course, a link to that blog in the podcast notes so people can click on things right now to get in touch with you or to read that blog for um, information. My details are there as well. So if people want to get in touch with me, either to comment or comment on this show or on any other shows that we've done, or perhaps to put themselves forward as a guest on the show, if they think they can be as engaging as Emma has been, best of luck with that one. She knows her way Won't around. What she knows her way around some words. That's for sure. Thank you for joining me. I hope it's been good for you. It's been fun. I hate doing stuff like this, so it's good to push myself. Yeah, well, you know I'm what? normally hiding behind my keyboard. <laughs> if you hate things like this and it's been fun, then that works for me. Thank you for coming. I look forward to putting this live quite soon, and I look forward to putting out some more episodes for the listeners very soon. But for now, this is Mark Harris, Enterprise Doctor, signing off.